I'm Camille. I'm Anita. And, and we're, we're the, the Soul, Soul Sisters. Sisters. Welcome to the Shine Bikini Podcast. Today we have another fellow competitor here to share her story and help find other mothers in the community and industry that are looking to find more, get more in touch with who they are um, personally um, and in reference with um, bikini competitions as well. So Erica, why don't you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about how you kind of got into the sport and what your overall goal and mission is with the online community that you've created? That's an easy question. Go. My name is Erica Hazy. And so how I got into really, um, I grew up in the weight room. My dad was a wrestling coach. So I feel like um, that's where I hung out Saturday mornings and most of my week. And it wasn't till after my third child was born, so I have three kids, that I really just kind of, I felt like at a point in my life where I just kind of lost myself. So I think as moms, um, we were just kind of put into this role that we play, and it kind of becomes monotonous routine. And so after Jace was born, I only wanted to just kind of find myself again, and that was through fitness. So I got my gym membership. I brought him with me six weeks out and I just started working out and I really just started creating that space for myself. And that's really kind of what snowballed. And then it was that fall after he was born is when I started um, training for figure competitions and kind of got into that. So he was born when? He was born in 2014. And then you started training for a fitness competition how long after? Um, Beginning of January of 2015. So I kind of dove Yep. Right in. And, yep. I, and that is not but, something that I ever thought I would do. Right, right. And some people kind of go fast route and some go slow route, but you probably felt at home in the gym again. Yes. Yep. Growing up there and even laying that foundation, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If you're lifting weights right. in high school, that's a foundation of muscle yes. being laid. I didn't, yeah, I didn't lift weights, but I, oh, I was comfortable. you were just hanging out in there. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So, but that's a lot of um, the stigma with women and lifting weights. They feel like they're being watched or judged. And I, I feel like my why was so strong that I didn't even care. Yep. I just went in and kind of had those blinders on and just. Yeah, it doesn't it matter done. if anyone is judging me. And, you know, I think we've all had different moments in the gym where someone might, you know, think, not think that you could hit a weight or do something. And we've all had different moments where you might've had to prove yourself, Yeah. but yeah, just going in knowing that you had a bigger goal in mind or just want to improve yourself. Yes. Right. Yeah. So you jump into your, your fall competition. Yep. So I started training in January and I I wanted to do a show in May. Um, And that was probably, and I waited because financially we weren't ready and I don't think I was ready mentally. So we waited till that September. And that was when I did my first show. And to be honest, it's like we were talking about earlier, like you, so many times I think women get to want to do competition to feel better about themselves versus feeling better about themselves first. And then that's like the enhancement Mm -hmm. of stepping on stage because at the end of the day, it's still kind of a beauty competition. You're being judged Mm -hmm. against other competitors. You have to be ready to be judged. You are literally signing up and judged by other people, not on who you are as a person, not on how hard you train, but literally how you look. And you have to, yeah, there's a, and knowing, yeah. yeah, And it's you versus you and knowing like you put in the work, you put in the time and you have to be happy with Mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. So it's not about the trophy. Mm -mm. it's always easy to say that but and if it is it's like that that physique lasts for one day right and it is only intended to last for one day if you're training for seven months and you are setting yourself up for happiness on one day 
might as well go just pick any random person off the street and go get married. <laughs> yes. That's your one day. That's your one day. <laughs> That's so true. And we don't even think about it. No. In like every, that. Like everyone sits in prep being miserable when the prep needs to be as enlightening as impossible because it is hard, yes. but it's a choice. Yes. You made mm-hmm. the choice to make it hard for that mental growth. And then we expect the the show day to like have fireworks behind you and like everyone's applauding and everything's amazing but it's really just you being judged and all of a sudden you're like whoa whoa talk about being naked in front of an audience and trying to give a speech you know what I mean like it's too much pressure and too much is put up to it so you have to take a different approach while you're doing it yeah Absolutely. Especially as a mom coming in trying to redefine herself mm-hmm. or refine or whatever it needs to be. Um, it's almost like you, there's a commitment of just feeling good and being happy first. Yes. And being like, okay, I'm here. I'm happy with who I am and, and how I've kind of reclaimed myself yes. again. And then it can be another goal. Um, and to me, that show day is just the icing on the cake. Yes. It's it's the, you know, people run a marathon and that's their hardest day. Our day isn't easy, but I got my hair and makeup done and I get to wear a pretty suit. Yeah. That's kind of what, even mm-hmm. though the day is the award, I like the moment the trophy brings. I don't care about trophies because I've seen a lot of them break and it doesn't even, right. you know, it doesn't matter. Yeah, right. But that moment of receiving and validation and accomplishment, I yeah. like that moment. It's but all, you can close your eyes and have that Yes. Moment, right? And it's all that work that you put into that prior. Like, no, you know, see people see the pretty pictures on stage, but no one sees you. 9 p.m. getting your gym session, eating Crying cold during chicken. Your workout. Yes, <laughs> like, before after the workout. <laughs> sometimes I think posing posing is harder than the actual workout oh, itself. Uh huh. So it's just learning all those steps, and that's another thing is like practicing your posing way before you mm-hmm. get on stage and just having that stage presence. That's one thing that, so I teach posing and mm. that's one thing that I see all the time is these girls are like thinking that like the cardio is going to be the hardest or their training is going to all of a sudden get crazy more intense. And like 20 minutes into our posing session, they're like, my back. I'm like, yes, yeah. it is a muscle. We need to strengthen this as well. This is basically, I had a client actually wear her MyZone belt. So her heart rate monitor during our posing session. Because, yeah, wow. it, it spiked up. She got a bunch of maps or whatever. Yeah. But because it, it is a workout. It's hard physically. Like yes. you're engaging all of your muscles for a long period of time. It's hard to contort and twist. Yes. And I find that people underestimate that part of it so much. They're just like, oh, that's the fun part. Yeah. Right. Getting your hair and makeup done on show day, that's the fun <laughs> part. <laughs> and to me, with posing as well, you're posing into a look that you're bringing that day. So posing is also hard if you have a flat body and you're showing up to the gym. And you're like, I don't want to show anyone today because I'm low carb. Or on yes. any part of the journey, it just makes it kind of intimidating because you're posing into what you're going to be looking like that yeah. day. But that's the kind of butterfly effect, I guess, or butterfly moment of it where you transform. Yeah. So in my um, training sessions with a lot of my clients, I ask them, like, my favorite question I ask them is, so if you could get paid to do anything, what would you do? And I used to ask this question, like, if you had two days off, what would you do? But it was alarming the amount of mothers that said housework. They were like, oh, I would do laundry and I would, you know, do the dishes and clean the house if I had two days off and didn't have anything to do. And I was like, no, like you, what would you do? They're like, oh, well, I would, you know, get caught up. No, no, no. If you had nothing else to do, like what things would you do? And it is alarming how many people don't have an answer to that. Or like they don't have an answer to if they could dream up of anything that they could get paid for, 
they don't have an answer for what that passion would be. And I think a lot of that is finding, you know, finding that inner you of what brings that spark to you personally, because it's super different for every person. Like not everyone's into the adult coloring books, but some people are, and that's their hobby. That's their little getaway, their mental space. Do you encounter that a lot of females not getting so taken um, over with taking care of other people that they completely lose track of like their hobbies, their personal interests? Yes, absolutely. And I think that's like every, all moms, because at, at one point, like you are giving so much to other people. And then at the same time, when you do start giving yourself, you feel guilty. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not really sure where that comes from. A lot of it could be maybe growing up. I don't know. I don't know, but it's interesting. And so, and two nowadays we're always being bombarded with information and like even five minutes of meditation when I have the, uh, my women do that, like it's crazy how just creating that little space for yourself, it's like dating yourself again. Mm-hmm. Like you have to figure out like what makes you happy, yeah. what makes you tick, yeah. like le- relearning. Right. Oh yeah, it can be fun. Oh, I am this. And I think um, a lot of it, I just lost track of mind on it, but with what you were saying about not wanting to give yourself mm. things, I think the to-do list, just as a small business owner and a mom, the to-do list is never done. Yeah. So as soon as you put the to-do list down and do some of the I do or the me do, you're ignoring what still needs to be done. So that I think I generate guilt around sure. doing, like I want to go hang out with my horse for an hour and a half, but I'm like, Oh, I got to go do with these other things. But giving myself an hour and a half, all it does is rejuvenate me to give a better version of me later. Yes. Instead of stress, stress, stress. I didn't deserve that hour and a half for myself. I should have been working on something else. I think a lot of time I feel guilty because I know that list is sitting there screaming at me at home. But if I don't reset my button, it, it affects in the long run. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I try to give myself like three things. So one, it's one thing for myself, one thing for my family, one thing for my business. Mm-hmm. So if I, I'm kind of an overachiever and I think like women in general, we do not give ourselves enough credit. Mm-hmm. We are powerhouses mm-hmm. and we still come home at the end of the day going, I didn't do enough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I'm not really sure what that's about. And I'm just going like, like according to who? Yeah, exactly. I feel like there's something I'm not seeing. get that achievement, like that. that award. And you're like, Dunk. Well, I have 15 other that are not here yet and I got to keep going yes. and you're just not, you're not stewing in that gratitude. Yes, exactly. And like when you said spending an hour with your horse, it's like, but that's exactly what it's going to do. It's going to fill you up. So then that spills into other areas of your mm-hmm. life. So when you fill your cup first, like your kids benefit, your spouse mm-hmm. benefits, your clients benefit. Um, and it just makes just so much happier right (laughs) and it's so counterintuitive especially when we're in such a heavy like production world of like you need to results you need numbers you need results like just you need profits and but if you take that like 10% back like I started saying no to like 10% less things and try to create space for myself and being like super type a motivator like activator and achievers on my top Mm -hmm. five strengths like I very much identify with being productive and that relieves stress from me but I also recognize that their list never ends. Mm-hmm. Yes. Never does. No. And so you have to like kind of set like a guideline for yourself. Like if I do A and B, then I'm going to create that space to go take a bubble bath, mm-hmm. even though there's still dishes in the sink and there's still other things. Mm-hmm. And that I find like just taking a, just a tiny step back. Now I'm not saying like, don't do any of your work ever. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> just do like a tiny bit less to give yourself that permission. Like 
I don't really identify a whole lot with like the whole self love. I find the words feel better when I say giving myself grace mm-hmm. for like not if I don't feel like doing 10 of the 10 things today, give doing eight out of the 10 things mm-hmm. is just great. And that I can give myself grace to still be happy and feel like comfortable with what I did for that day yeah it's not like looking at it from a failure always Mm because I think that like will really suck you dry of energy yeah and looking for not just doing anything like don't just because I tried to literally just like okay I'm gonna relax (laughs) I would like sit down from the tv be like all right I'm relaxing and my brain would just run on all the different things that I had to do I'd Mm -hmm. like find myself picking up my phone trying to message a client or like doing something else while I'm there I'm like okay this how I'm relaxing isn't actually giving me energy. Right. Like, but I relax by communicating. I communicating with other people gives me energy. So whether it's talking to clients, talking to friends. So it's picking not just any activity to go and relax, but finding the ones that give you the energy yes. mm-hmm. to relax. Because mm-hmm. they're different for me. Yes. Right. No, yes. I agree. And Definitely. I'm like an introvert. So mine's like, my job is always dealing mm. with clients. So mine is like, Sitting on the couch (laughs) and just checking out or reading a book or being by myself. Yep. So, yeah, you have to pay attention Mm -hmm. to that because it's so true. I think a lot of times mom just want a quiet room and just no one asking for anything and you just silence. You're like, it's good. It feels good. Because you can just have your thoughts back to you when you're kind of in a moment like that. I always say, mommy needs a timeout. (laughs) And then I either go down to my gym or upstairs to my bedroom. And and that's what meditation does too. It just gives you a little bit of a barrier to step back from the chaos that Mm -hmm. is the world. And I notice a lot more like, so I lived abroad. I lived in Spain for six months during my study abroad program and their pace of life is just so much slower. Yeah. And like my blood pressure goes down, like even when I talk about it, because it's so much more relaxed and calm. Yeah. And it depends on kind of what, what community you're in and that environment. But I just feel like here in the States, we're so bound up and stressed and high strung and just go, 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 pedal to the metal. But doing things like meditation or giving yourself a five minute break or time out, mm-hmm. you can kind of sep- give yourself like, uh, even if it's six inches of room, from yes. just the chaotic world around mm-hmm. you and create that tiny little bubble of like calm and peace. And you can kind of watch the storm without having to like feel like you're in it and running the highs yes. and lows. Mm-hmm. And Anita always says, watch the roller coaster. Don't, don't ride on the ride. Yes. Don't <laughs> yes. it. It's so true. Yeah, right. And even with kids that kids can hit and all of a sudden they get crazy. And then you're on that roller coaster with them. You know, the other night, my kids were just kind of tasseling around and I looked at my husband. I'm like, I'm about to get on that roller coaster. I got to go. <laughs> he knows exactly what I mean because I don't want to get ruffled up and yes. everything. But it's same. It's just trying to create calm. But at the same time, if your life keeps getting completely you know, hit by a wave, then it's time to make a change. And yeah. I think a lot of people, when they get to the gym factor, they're looking for that change, lifestyle change, health change, uh, physical change, mental change, or just a quiet gym where you hear gym weights dropping and you have headphones in, you know, who knows what that, that could be, but that's kind of the the step that we all live in where we are motivated people that we are there looking for the better, the better good. And we're trying to take those moments and anyone starting out in the, in the fitness world, new moms looking to find themselves. um, I think most definitely just as we understand, they need to understand that 
it's not perfect all the time. No. We're not in the gym every day no. and we take breaks yes. and we eat pizza yes. and we'll talk about pizza <laughs> a little bit later, but there are imbalances to balance the fitness regimen yes. that we may want, whether it's a fire up and go because you're in a competition or it's a slow maintain and with some gain in your off season, but all of it equates to your lifestyle yeah. and happiness. And yes. you've got to have that. And that's the biggest thing. I think a lot of women and new, new moms or anyone getting into it, they expect to drive hard yeah. all the and time. You can't. you can't. And you can't. That's why I'm like, they ask, like, I've got a lot of questions, like, how do you balance? Because, you know, social media, you only see one part of your you life. Sh- you see what the person wants you to see. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you can't. It's like an, a consistency within the inconsistency. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the gym gets all my day. Sometimes my family. Sometimes my clients. Yep. But it's within that trying to find my own mm-hmm. balance. Mm-hmm. And it's hard because there's always seasons mm-hmm. of life. But, yeah, I don't spend... You should never spend more than an hour at the gym. Yeah. Like I'm, I mean, yeah, say, you can oh. from a time or two, but yes. that's not, yeah, you don't need that should to. Not be it's your like burnout. No. Yeah. Um, yeah. You're setting yourself up yeah. for And I had a big momentum last summer where I, I had a home gym, but I had so much business and family going on that I waved to my home gym because I just had a little bit, but I maintained in the kitchen. Yeah. Yeah. I watched my nutrition knowing that I can't hit my workouts. Right. And I just worked it that way. So just being smart with the things that are coming at you yeah. and not being like, oh, I can't go to the gym. I'm just going to eat a bunch of food and just feel sorry for myself. Yeah. Well, no, I can't really get any really good gains right now. And I'm not moving forward on that level, but at least I can watch my weight. And I played with my weight all summer and I still play with it. Yeah. But it's just allowing yourself to have the imbalances. Mm-hmm. I feel like finding the balance is like being a professional plate spinner. Like yeah. you don't always just go and tap each one plate like sometimes you have to stop and really get one plate cooking before it starts to spiral Mm -hmm. off and hit the other ones and knock all of them down yeah Mm -hmm. boom crash boom and so I like to kind of look at my life like I wrote a a blog post and I was like 19 and nailed it my life is like a sine function so starting at zero going up to one and then back down across the center line and down into negative one so there's always just been just kind of undulation and I find that it stresses me out the most when I try to when I try to move that line yeah when if I can just okay well my area of my fitness right now we're on the up curve for fitness but we might be on the down curve for finances or clientele and so instead of me trying to like sit there and force the one that just tipped down so now we're on that downward trend after just ramping up instead of trying to fight like hell to try to get it to turn back around in the other direction sometimes it's just been easier for me to just let that one ebb and put my attention towards another one that's yep. easier and mm-hmm. on that ramp up ready yep. to flow. Like it's mm-hmm. kind of like I'm on this DNA chain of like all these things swirling up and down and just kind of directing my focus towards which one is kind of important to me at that time, which one makes more sense. Like yeah. where's the hot opportunity? Mm-hmm. Are you drilling your head on something that you don't need to be? Yeah. Like I don't work on my cookbook unless I feel inspired to. Mm-hmm. Right. Because and it's it flows an, better. An yeah. ex- it's an excess thing for me. It's not my doesn't pay my bills. It's something fun and I want to keep it something yes. fun and something that I enjoy. Like uh, a chef doesn't force themselves into misery by forcing themselves in the kitchen where mm-hmm. it's a very creative process and mm-hmm. you have to be kind of feeling it mm-hmm. to yes. be able to do something like that. So yeah. I kind of just like redirect my attention to what feels good and work with what areas working for me at the time and just kind of let the other one give myself grace in that other area. Let it kind of ebb. I mean, yeah. it's just the seasons of life. It just yep. changes. Right. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think creative flow 
when you get in like the fitness industry, you've done a cookbook. Now you have taken your knowledge that you've gained with, um, you know, getting back into the gym and in the fitness industry and having clients and having a dairy farm Mm -hmm. and working with those kind of stuff. And now you're talking pizza. So it's almost like you, an unexpected creative role came from you allowing you time and mental space. Yes. And I feel like that's where it comes from is the inspired action. So Mm -hmm. I always get mine in my workouts, which isn't always convenient, but I (laughs) learned to keep a journal so I can at least write it down real quick because they're good ideas. Mm -hmm. Um, And then those are the actions that I usually take to pursue versus me trying to force it Mm -hmm. and make it happen. Those will pushed me a lot. Well, think of the endorphins that are floating through and chemically everything in your body. Those are probably very, very good times to act on the inspirational um, momentum on those things. And I think too, like with, even with the mental part of it, that's a big piece, but my, my thing is always the gateway to the mind is through nutrition and fitness. But I, cause I think that's solid concepts people can grasp. Mm -hmm. It's something that everybody can start You don't necessarily have to know everything about Mm -hmm. it, but just start somewhere. And then once you start honing in on that area, then it spills into Mm -hmm. every other area of your life. Absolutely. um, Versus trying to kind of almost work. I always think working from the outside in, Mm -hmm. but then. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people who do the opposite of that come back or realize 10 later, 15 years later they're like, oh, I wish I would have just taken care of yes. this. Yeah. And now then they get enlightened later. So it's yeah. just your body is your temple. And yes. this is what you get. And this Absolutely. is what, but if you don't take care of this, you can't take care of everyone else that you're responsible for. Or just be a good person. Yeah. Like, and be happy. Like, you can't project happiness and fake it all the time. No. You need to to resort inward and find happy. Yes. It's that Dr. Wayne Dyer quote of if you squeeze an orange, orange juice comes out. <laughs> yeah. If life like squeezes you and hatred and stress and jealousy comes out, well, that's what's your, that's what you're filled up with inside. Yeah. So it's like, take the time to fill yourself up with those things. So that when life does squeeze you, you have love and gratitude and thankfulness to share out. Like, mm-hmm. and it's just, the world is, chaotic anyway but if you can find a way that makes it easier for you to cope with life's challenges then you get to create that little safe place like that positive area and it does the world is only how you look at it right Mm -hmm. and you could you get to change that Mm -hmm. by leveraging your physiology so changing your nutrition getting that body moving manually resetting those hormones by Mm -hmm. putting in that nutrition sometimes when i'm in super mental funk and my nutrition has been off Sometimes instead of me just trying to like claw my way out of it mentally, I'm just going to change my nutrition and let that give myself a little bit, like let that filter out the brain fog Mm -hmm. to not have to like drill like, okay, come on, Camille, be positive. (laughs) You got this. Why is it so hard today? (laughs) Yeah. Some days it just is hard and it's just like, okay, then you just got to put in, change the equation to Mm -hmm. give yourself a different output. Yeah. A lot of the times it's not a mystery why you're feeling a certain way. Right. A lot of times there's a very clear answer as to why you feel mm-hmm. anxious, stressed, mm-hmm. depressed, uh, lacking self-confidence. How many mm-hmm. promises have you broke to yourself right. in the last month? Right. It's yep. probably a ton if that confidence is really lacking. Mm-hmm. So, But you can build your confidence back up just one tiny promise at a time. Mm-hmm. Promise to brush your teeth before you go to yes. bed. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes that is that is all you need. Make like, your okay. bed. Yeah. Yes. Or um, like get, you know, get up early. Don't hit the snooze. The little wins for yourself. Because those are not, a, you know, unless you're getting your kids up for school and you're being late. But 
they're directly just affecting you and your well-being mm-hmm. and you feel better about yourself yeah. when you see that made bed yeah and Absolutely. I feel like my energy shifts the most when I do the little things and because I can't the big things are too big to head like tackle head on for me so it's like okay I just need to start somewhere like I, I I'm not really eat the frog kind of person like yeah. I would rather objects in motion stays in motion mm-hmm. so I'm going to start with the smallest task that I can do to make me feel good to get that energy back and then keep moving to find the next thing and that's one of the things like I never whenever I sit down with a new client I never ask them how much weight they want to lose I always ask them how do they want to feel and what vision they want to create because like for me my story I was always striving to be 120 pounds and I actually had higher percent body fat I'm now almost like 150 pounds Mm -hmm. and I have lower percent Mm -hmm. body fat so it really has nothing to do with the scale Mm -hmm. and it's just so fun to like totally shift that body composition Mm -hmm. um and when people when I tell people that they're like holy they just can't believe Mm -hmm. it because they were coming in expected to be asked that what did I ask at anytime fitness when were you at the last time at your best yeah mentally physically whatever whatever level that is when was that and what was going on and you know what did you look like how did you feel um that's a lot of times to bring them back to that feel good moment yes kind of strikes but yeah Yeah. I like where you got that Mm -hmm. because at the end of the day we think we want something because it's gonna make us Mm -hmm. we're looking for that external happiness Mm -hmm. versus finding it within ourselves right Right. And the body is such a sculpting manipulation that people don't understand the tool they have that they can really kind of play with. And yeah, those numbers just don't even. Which is, is really funny, too. I kind of had like an opposite weight loss journey that most people like most people come knowing they want to lose weight, knowing they want to change my body. I didn't have either of those things before I changed my body. Like I wanted to commit to doing a show so that I could like fulfill like, OK, I stuck to something like mm-hmm. I followed it through the whole way. I didn't really know I had weight to lose until I lost the, until the weight was gone, until my body already looked different. So it was very different from how most people do. But I, even to this day, it's baffling at how much you actually can change your physique. Yeah. In, you know, I don't want to say a short amount of time because it is a long period of time. But I find that when I stopped trying to chase the physique, And I started to just follow the process of just enjoying like, okay, I understand that lifting weights and eating nutrition makes me feel good, gives me energy. And I know that it's setting my future self up for Mm -hmm. success. When I like let go of trying to have these giant delts, then (laughs) I like started just, you know, following the process. And then eventually you look in the mirror one day and you're like, Like, holy crap, uh I like changed my body. Mm -hmm. Like I remember sitting at the very start of my lifting career being like, I will never have shoulders like that like right. I, I just I can never my midsection will never look like that and like over I eventually was just like okay cool it's just not gonna happen and <laughs> but I'm gonna keep doing this kept system. lifting yeah and, yes. and did what I wanted and eventually you're like look and you're like holy crap you've literally carved out parts of your physique that you wanted like mm-hmm. you can set a mission to improve certain areas of your body mm-hmm. and that's a really cool thing to do it takes a long time and it's really hard to notice when it does happen yeah which is why I like taking a lot of like photo, like mm-hmm. weekly photos. So you yes. can look back after six months and mm-hmm. actually see a physical change. And yes. you did that. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like some parts of your body are genetic and you are well set off there from genetic factors. Maybe you go, you know, they have that foundation was built when you were an athlete in high school, but there are other areas of your body, which you're like, no, that was yeah. earned, not given. Yes. <laughs> and that's such a cool mm-hmm. thing that I didn't like, I don't feel I felt like that changing your body in that way was reserved for people that were different than me. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't seem like it was something attainable that like an everyday person could do, mm-hmm. but having done it, 
Like anyone can do like, it. I that, can do the it. physical transformation right. is a simple concept. But yeah. until you saw mental, it, like, you work. still didn't believe it. Yeah. Does that make sense? Oh my god. Yeah. yeah. It, it yeah. I think a big thing that kind of hits with me is I I I compete bikini. I did one show before babies, then I had two babies, and then I did my other two shows. A big thing for me is, you know, A, I, or B, A, I just wanted to do it again. I yep. needed to get back on stage. But B, I lived through that cycle of expansion belly and how to really let your body become something that you've never been a part of before yeah. with baby one. And it's such a new, different thing and such a change in what you do. So once I saw the manipulation that my body caused and created with my first, I was just... It, competing seemed easier does that make sense i was like oh but i wanted it more because of what your body turns into when you're having a baby and and softness of the skin and different the way you're carrying fat and stuff like that i was excited to shed it all and re-transform myself again because i saw it completely transform out of it does that make sense yes and it was an excitement thing for me not a not a self-esteem weight thing for me yeah it was a whoa that was crazy body number two with baby but let's see what happens what i can do with yes. it now and not the creation of a child right? yes does that make sense yes Is that weird? well and it's like like you had said too like falling in love with the process mm-hmm. so many times like even we talk about gratitude um there was a concept that i had heard from my pastor actually but it was about accepting yourself so many women want to like, I just want that. Like, I just want the abs or the, the shoulders mm-hmm. or the legs. And it's like, you can't get that until you accept yourself and love yourself for who you are. Mm-hmm. Then it will come. It still work, but it almost comes easier mm-hmm. because you're accepting the whole body versus like fighting it mm-hmm. throughout the whole way, which I see that a lot. And especially like abs. That's a mm-hmm. big thing for women with babies. Yeah. I mean, I'm never going to have a six pack. And if I do, it's usually uh, tacked on right before a show. Mm-hmm. And I'm okay with that mm-hmm. because it's like I can love other parts of my body. Uh-huh. Um, and the one things that I like to do is, is like when I'm showering is like literally when you're like soaping up your arms, it's like being grateful for being able to carry my five-year-old up uh-huh. the stairs or getting my oh, legs yeah. to and from the car. It's like being just so grateful that you have a working mm-hmm. body and cherishing it because mm-hmm. not everyone has that. Right. And carrying kids and groceries gets easier when you're lifting weights. Yes. (laughs) I was carrying groceries and I like literally had like five sacks. And then the whole time I'm like, do you even lift? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. One trip to the car. (laughs) Let's go. I think a big thing for me, because I was always comfortable with my body and I enjoyed it, but I always knew I could push it harder and stuff. I think once I, I had expanded and detracted and then had another baby with the belly, I just really come to understand that I didn't change. It was always Anita mentally. Yeah. It didn't matter what my body physically was. Like I am, I always was who I was and my body changing didn't adapt, you know? Mm -hmm. So at any point where I'm super lean and I, I can get some six pack, I can nail a six pack. Right. Yeah. But I don't carry a lot of muscle, but none of my body bugs me. I'm okay with it. I'm okay if I carry body fat. I'm okay if I gain weight or lose weight because I've seen my body transform so much. I'm accepting of it because I didn't change. I was still the same Nita trying to crack jokes and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So to really separate body and mind um, as two different things, when you, when you die, you don't lose 15 pounds and your soul moves on the body is its body but the mind separates and the soul separates so that's a big dr dyer thing Mm -hmm. and how 
your mind and body are truly two separate things. And to be able to allow the body be the body and accept it, Mm -hmm. that the mind is the mind. And that that will change if you want it to change on different levels, no matter where the body is. Does that make sense? Yes. (laughs) Yes. Mm -hmm. But it's a hard thing to grasp because our mind is telling us you need to lose 15 pounds. Yeah. Or you need to look better. You look better last spring. Or you know what I mean? Last time when you carried your baby, you weren't, your boobs weren't saying that much. Or you know what I mean? That our mind, our mental game is fighting on that body when it's really that mental game's got to be like, I control you. Yes. I got a hold of this. I control the food going in my mouth. I control my butt getting up in the morning Mm -hmm. and going to the gym. It's two separate things. And if you can really accept it like that, um, it's easier. Yeah. You're not as hard on yourself. And I like to not just like try to stop negative comments to yourself, but I find that stopping it's not an easy fix, but replacing it can Mm -hmm, be. mm -hmm. So a lot of times with my clients too, like if they complain about something on their physique, I immediately shut that down and ask them what is a part that they do notice a change or that they do like about Mm -hmm. their body. What is their favorite body part? Um, And try to just shift their focus to what is changing or what parts they do like, because then they're going to be training their brain to kind of find more of that. Yeah. And so it's not just like stopping bad behavior. It's replacing it with newer, just more something different. Let the bad behavior, that bad thought just skim on by and just fill it with something good because, you know, you just did something good somewhere, you know, you know. And you're never going to be able to get rid of it. No. But right. it's like just being aware of it and then, yeah, yep. re- yeah. reframing. Yeah. yeah. I always, I always think the negative things are coming at me. I'm like, nope, no, nope, <laughs> yeah. I'm good, nope. And then I'm just dodging them as much as I can. And I'm just like, whatever, fill yourself with something as positive as you can. Um, even if it's self-influenced or go do something good for someone else, that's a quick, fulfilling thing. Nothing feels better than giving something to someone else. Something yeah. that I realized a lot this last like six months is that no matter how much I research positive psychology and, you know, look up self-help books that that little voice in my brain isn't going to automatically just be positive for the rest of its life. Like, and recognizing that it's not my fault if I have a bad voice that's, you know, saying negative things are putting me down or not really doing anything to help me that that's, I'm not training my voice to never have that voice. It's still going to say things, but I just have to recognize that I don't have to listen to a hundred percent of what that little voice says. And that was a really like interesting concept for me because you like to think that you want to stay true to who you are. Mm -hmm. So when you hear a voice that Mm -hmm. says you're not enough, Mm -hmm. you want to stay true to who you Mm -hmm. are because apparently some part of you thinks that. Mm -hmm. But recognizing that you don't have to believe or listen to or adhere or identify with everything that that brain says to you. Mm-hmm. It's it's just a self-defense mechanism. Our well, body yeah. tries to... Did you to... eat well enough? Yeah. Are you depleted? Yeah, because that brain isn't always as nice to you when it's tired and hungry yes. and had a long day. Yep. Right? <laughs> My daughter mm-hmm. is nine, and so she has anxiety. Um, and we've we've told her, or I've suggested to name that part of her, mm-hmm. like a, a different name. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like a separate entity. So mm-hmm. then you can recognize the voice and go, oh, mm-hmm. that's so-and-so talking. That's yeah. not me. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's it, that's really helped her a lot because it literally is like yeah. a part of us. And if we keep believing it, mm-hmm. then it's going to keep spiraling mm-hmm. versus thinking of it as separate. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, I think it, that's an easy way to like kind of when you're working through that process of changing your labels, re-identifying who you are yeah. is giving whether it's the new person that you want to be, it can feel really foreign. You yes. can like it feel like you're lying to yourself mm-hmm. if you're saying I'm an organized person. Yeah. But if your goal is to be more organized, say like, okay, like Camille 2.0 is a very organized person. And mm-hmm. so giving that person another name or like an external source 
So it works both ways too. Yeah. Like yeah. you can kind of just cap the the negative qualities into someone who you don't want to be, but mm-hmm. also someone who you do want to be make that into the best version of your current right. self. And yeah. I like to sometimes, even if I'm kind of trying to be the best version of me and trying to listen to that voice, I sometimes pretend that what would your best friend say to you yeah. to get you going? What yeah. would your best friend do to wake you up in the morning to get you on the best adventure of the day that you guys are going to have together and you get to create and be a part of? They're going to wake you up with like breakfast and lights and they're going to poke you a little bit, but they're going to make you laugh and you're just going to move on with yeah. it. So that's to me, helps me be the best voice. They're not always, they can be the voice of reason. Your best friend should reason with you yes. and put you on the straight and narrow, but they're the ones that are going to help you pick you up and yes. keep you going. And if you're not your ver- best version of you or your best friend that you can be to yourself, then you're, you're going to be down the path and you're going to accept the negative things that are going through your head. Mm-hmm. So if I have something negative come to me, I'll be like, okay, well, that was a lie. What would my best friend tell me, yes. you know, or what would they say constructively that I should do about it and change it? Yeah. That's you good. know, that kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. I like that. Definitely. Yeah. Just using those little tricks to kind mm-hmm. of like separate, give yourself a little bit of mental space to like, okay, what even just sometimes like giving yourself that mental role play the human brain is amazing at being able to put yourself in a different situation as long as you kind of paint that picture for yourself and a lot of times I'll be like okay well like what would Anita say right now and you can get to the conclusion Mm -hmm. without having to actually talk to them Mm -hmm. because you can run through previous conversations (laughs) she knows but she knows to come at we at me with certain subject questions like if she knows to go to the different person for a different question but she knows this is a Nita question. What would Nita tell me? And I would, you know, something subtle, something reserved, something just to rethink at a new different, mm-hmm. you know, different perspective. Yeah. Like step out of it, look at it completely different. Now answer it. You know what I mean? Right. But she, she, it took time and learned it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Well, where can our listeners find you, contact you, and what um, opportunities do you have to offer for anyone that's looking to kind of take their life to the next level? Um, you can find me on Instagram and Facebook. It's xoerica.hazy. My last name is spelled H-O-E-S-E. And then my website is xo-erica.com. Um, on Saturday, March 7th, I'm holding a hosting a free workout at Crispin Green and YZ. Um, you can just you can follow me on social media and there's an event page for that, but that starts at 9:15. And then I also have a small group training program that I do called She is Fierce. And then I do one-to-one training and some online training as well. So awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming up here and being a guest on our podcast. It was an absolute pleasure to connect and kind of collaborate um, and kind of share your experience with competing and uh, uplifting other women um, in the industry and community as well. So thank you so much. And we hope you shine on. Shine on. Thank Thank you. you. Bye. Bye.